Hello, my name is Nick Spasic, and you're listening to From and Inspired By, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we speak with Trolls Plymert, aka the Space Quest Historian, about his work reorchestrating the scores to the classic sci-fi games from Sierra Online. Starting with Space Quest IV, Roger Wilco and the Time Rippers, at the beginning of this year, blogger and YouTuber Trolls Plymert, aka the Space Quest Historian, began reorchestrating the scores to the classic Sierra sci-fi comedy games. Three successful curates crowdfunding campaigns later, he's on to his biggest project yet, a double vinyl release for Space Quest V, Roger Wilco, The Next Mutation. We spoke to him about how all this came to be and his working process. Here we go. Uh, clap, one, two, three, boom. There it is. <laughs> Cheers. You started doing this as a, like, you did these fan games early on. Uh, did I? I think I did music for some, uh, like, really obscure, like, uh, mid-90s click-and-play fan games. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Click and Play was this sort of drag-and-drop, make-your-own-little-arcade game for Windows 3.1. And uh, it, was, it was pretty fun to mess around with in, in the in the mid-90s. All you, could, you could like import some sprites and make a little top-down shooter and stuff like that. And I made some MIDI files for a couple of those. I am surprised if those are the ones you've dug up. <laughs> no, I'm talking more about like the... The, the Space Quest 7 Special Edition and the, the Goliath series. Oh, those. Right. Yeah, see, the Goliath series was one of those click-and-play games. Uh, interestingly, a click-and-play game that never got off the ground and that I never really got uh, like, like a comprehensive brief for. All I was told was... Sorry? 
Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> all I was told for that one was that there was going to be a main theme, there's going to be a captain's log theme, there's going to be a villain theme, and it was a shooter, so you might as well do sort of an action-y type piece of music. And so I went off and did that and showed it to the guy, and he just stopped talking to me. So I was just like, okay, I've got this music now. What do I do with it? And so then it just, like, sat for 15-some years? Yeah, yeah, basically, basically. I just happened to come across the MIDI files while I was digging through my dad's old hard drive. Uh, and it was just, like, I just backed it up to his server 15-odd years ago and just sort of happened across them and went, okay, what happens if I just, you know, stick, uh, you know, modern VSTs on these MIDI files and then boom, that's how that's how I put the Goliath series thing on, on Bandcamp. And some helpful people uh, then helped me record uh, the original MIDI files from a, uh, a Roland Sound Canvas, an SC88, which it was composed on initially, and also the, the AdLib OPL3 version recorded off actual uh, an actual AdLib sound card, which is pretty cool. I didn't do that though. Uh, someone else helped me with that. So, like, you've been running the Space Quest Historian website for, like, you say on the website a very, very long time. Like, how, <laughs> how, how long is a very, very long time? Oh, uh, well, it's uh, not as long as I've been calling myself the Space Quest Historian, which I will be quick to admit is very self-aggrandizing and... Uh, a little bit arrogant, actually, because I'm not a historian, and I don't think I really knew what a historian was when I made up the name. <laughs> I was 15 at the time. Uh, it was around 1995. Um, when I, I, I mean, I was 15 in 1995, and we didn't have internet um, at my at my home. Um, internet in Denmark didn't really, you know, get into people's homes until the mid-90s, so it was around 1996 or so when we got our first modem. So in 1995, I went to the local library with a friend of mine, and we were both uh, in, oh, the uh, American equivalent would probably be grade school? I'm not sure. It's um, uh, like grade seven or eight or something like that. I don't even know if that corresponds, but something like that yeah around you know we were 15 anyway so we went to the uh, uh, local library they had one single computer in the corner uh that had internet access old netscape navigator type shit and we researched uh space quest and up comes this website by jess morissette called roger wilco's virtual broom closet at like standard html 1.0 Sorry, I don't know if you're interrupting because every time you say something, it cuts off the audio. I think it's just like any time I laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to. I don't interrupt. Sorry, that's my cat going nuts. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you, so I'm I'm really bad at that sometimes. So I'm trying not to. <laughs> anyway, anyway, up comes the uh, uh, the virtual broom closet, uh, which. Uh, we then we didn't send send the uh, the guy an email. So the guy has his email posted on the on the website. We send the guy an email, and you know next week we get down to the local library to check if he's replied. And you know it was like <laughs> a really long process of communicating. Uh, but I, I got to know the guy, and uh, we became sort of internet pen pals. And I sent him a bunch of like stupid little articles to put on his website, and I was like, 
you know, over the moon when I would, you know, go down the next week or the next day and, and log onto the virtual broom closet and slowly see text that I had written pop up on the screen. And, you know, it was the 90s. It was a wild time. Uh, where was I going with all of this? Oh, yeah, that's when I decided to write up a comprehensive text document detailing everything I knew and everything everyone else knew about Space Quest. It was just supposed to be a quick FAQ list and it just grew and grew and grew because I didn't have a, a, a real clue of what an FAQ was either. So I just put everything in, like plot synopses and Easter eggs and not, uh, not as far as walkthroughs, but like little tips and tricks for certain difficult sequences and yeah, just it grew to this massive size. And so that was my first sort of real claim to internet fame in very big quotation marks i think it's entirely possible i may have read that at some point <laughs> because if you're, when you were putting that out that i was also 15 in 1995 awesome what that means is probably about the time i was finding like cheap space quest collections at like big box stores then yeah. uh what was then happening was uh, that sort of stuff would have been finding its way. I would have been looking online because that would have been about that the right point. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I've, I've, I've since gotten to know people in uh, like the adventure game uh, development community. Like these days, you know, it's a very different ball game. You know, you can self-publish and you can sit down with Adventure Game Studio and knock out your own adventure games and and sell them and, and do really well. And, and one of my good friends now is uh, Francisco Gonzalez, who uh, designed uh, the game Shardlight for Wadget Eye Games and uh, Lamplight City, which he self-published and, and such. He's a, he's a really cool guy. And he... I mean, I was, I was a fan of his, first and foremost, and, and he had a podcast about adventure game development, and I sort of, you know, sort of warily approached him, like, messaged him, like, very coyly, so, hello, sir, I'm a big fan of your games, uh, would you like to be my friend, kind of thing, and he was like, oh, shit, you're the guy who wrote that FAQ, I've read that, I'm a fan of yours, and <laughs> mind blown, so... <laughs> what got you into, like, wanting to do music? Well, just in general, I've always been a music fan, and that that sounds so stupid. Uh, it's, uh, my dad had a very impressive record collection, and I used to just enjoy sitting there, you know, fondling his records. Uh, some of them I wasn't supposed to, because they actually had value and meaning, and some of them, like my mother's ABBA records, I could do with whatever the hell I wanted. Um, but I, I, I just really loved it. And I always wanted to be a musician when I was a kid. And I think the first time it clicked for me that I could be a musician like all on my own was because I stumbled across um, My Goldfield's Tubular Bells in my dad's record collection. And I looked at the back cover and I saw that My Goldfield played and this mile-long list of instruments. I was like, how the hell did he do that? But okay, if he can play every single instrument on a record, why can't I? Again, very young at this point. <laughs> so um, sometime, actually around the same time, uh, maybe a couple of years before, uh, when I was like 13 or 14 maybe, uh, another friend of mine from school showed me a tracker, like a music tracker on the computer, uh, which 
it was on the PC, but you know, trackers uh, originate from uh, the Amiga. You got four digital channels that can sort of play samples at varying pitches and such. And they did like a, a PC version of that. It was called Scream Tracker. Uh, this uh, Finnish demo group created Scream Tracker 2, in fact. And it could play four channel tracker music over the PC speaker. And it honestly sounded like someone farting very loudly in your ear. But <laughs> it, uh, it, it just went, oh, so this, I don't have to learn an instrument. I can just program the computer to do the music. And off I went and, and just kept making dumb tracker music and eventually tried uh, bashing out sequencers, you know, uh, uh, MIDI sequencers. Uh, my high school had a MIDI keyboard, and I would sit after school and bash out stuff on that. And, uh, you know, just always wanted to be a musician. Never really learned how to play an instrument properly, but um, <laughs> apparently I didn't need to. So you, you've you been a fan of Space Quest for, you know, low these 25 years, and you've taught yourself, you know, uh, the the elements of making computer music. When did you decide to combine these two loves to do these soundtracks? The current soundtracks, the one on the vinyl thing, I guess we're talking about now? Right, because the other thing uh, with the old soundtracks and the Space Quest 7 unofficial soundtrack and such, I, it's just always collided. Uh, so every, if, you know, if you sit down and bash out tunes in in your tracker or on the MIDI keyboard after school, and you, there was no such thing as putting it on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or anything like that back in the mid to late '90s. It was just it would just sit on your hard drive and do nothing. So with the internet, I was just like looking for projects that needed music of any kind, and I was deeply entrenched in the Space Quest community. So every time someone said, "Hey, I'm making a fan game. Does anyone know someone who would make music for it?" I would. I would jump at it. Uh, so there was a lot of Space Quest music floating around with my name attached to it. All of it really terrible. Uh, but the um, uh, the soundtrack vinyls came about because I'm actually not entirely sure when I got the idea. I just um, I was just messing around with the SCI Companion one evening and trying to export the um, the MIDI files from it because I wanted to you know have a play with it and see what would come out of it basically it was just a whim really and um, I think the reason why I ended up doing it as a project was because um, last year I went to I went to PAX West no wait is it West the one in Seattle is that PAX East it's West right I'm sorry geography is not my strong suit it's the one in Seattle anyway um, and uh, of some very very lovely people uh, uh, called Giggle Horse Games had actually drafted me to make music for their game, uh, and they bought me a license for uh, uh, Mixcraft. I said, "Can I have Ableton Live?" And they said, "No, but you can have Mixcraft. It's a third of the price, and it does exactly the same thing." I was like, "Sure, why the hell not? You get what you pay for, right?" Uh, so uh, they actually flew me to Seattle, and we had a walk around PAX West, and um, I saw a, a booth that sold uh, soundtrack albums, like video game music soundtrack albums. And I saw like Undertale, and I saw Grim Fandango, and I saw Doki Doki Literature Club for some reason. <laughs> uh, took them home with me. And I was like, man, I love vinyl records. You know, the old story of me going through my dad's record collection. And I love video game music. Uh, someone should put Space Quest on vinyl. And I just went home and 
and then did it. <laughs> no one else was doing it. Well, no, it's so fascinating because like I do I do things where I will just occasionally go on Bandcamp and just sort through like new vinyl soundtrack like <laughs> and just like what can I spend money on which has only increased like during during like the whole pandemic coronavirus situation where I'm like I'm not spending money doing anything else so like all I'm blowing money on is records and blu-rays um, uh, yep. s- sounds familiar and I ha- like I lucked out and I found Space Quest 4 and the Galaxy Galleria EP like I think they had three or four days left on the key rates oh, wow. um, uh, funding and I was like this is the nerdiest thing I will ever buy and like, <laughs> just like pledged to both of them uh, and then you know like downloaded the the tracks and listened to them and I was like oh man I forgot how much like I really enjoyed like this music and mm-hmm. all of that um, and then I was like I was happy to see that it got backed and that meant that I got it and then waited and waited and waited <laughs> Um, yeah, that took a while because the uh, vinyls were pressed in the Czech Republic, I think. That's where I got the test pressings anyway. And they were shipped out from the UK. So all the American backers, I mean, I've, I got messages as early as, you know, the start of this month going, where the hell's my vinyl? And I, I have no idea. <laughs> Ask the guys in the UK. Well, what I found uh, so fascinating is that with Space Coast 3, they're like, oh, if you're in the States, it will ship from the States. And I was like, yeah 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 that was a point of contention really because uh, <laughs> when you start a project on curates it sort of it, it asks you where do you want this project to come from do you want it to come from our uk offices or our us offices uh, if you select us then the vinyls are slightly more expensive to produce but of course every backer who is an american won't have to pay you know import tax and shit um, what I didn't quite realize was that, at least from what I, I know from my community over on, on the SQH Discord, was that it sort of evens out. You know, the, the, the more expensive vinyls and the import tax, or the import duties, kind of sort of balance each other out. And, you know, yeah. so, so there, there was no real benefit to, to uh, making the SQ3 vinyl come from the U.S., uh, so I'm back to with, with Space Quest Five. I'm back to uh, using the UK office, and then with Space Quest Six, I'll probably go back to using the US office. So everyone has a chance to get shafted. So what made you decide to start with Space Quest Four? Is it just that it is sort of probably the most well-known Space Quest game? Like, I mean, you could find that game everywhere, at least in the states, for years. Yes. Uh, the uh, the real reason why is because I'm friends with the guy who made the soundtrack. So I figured if someone's going to get upset with me, um, it's not going to be him. Well, at, well, at least he's going to tell me before I finish it anyway. Um, so um, uh, as, you know, a stroke of luck, really, uh, when I started getting obsessed with this whole space quest thing i uh when i was writing the faq in the mid to late 90s i also started annoying 
all the employees at Sierra Online because at that point the company still existed. And I worked out that all the employee email addresses followed the same um, uh, convention. So it was first name dot last name at Sierra.com. So I emailed Mark Crow, I emailed Scott Murphy, I emailed Ken Williams, I emailed Ken Allen, I emailed everybody, I emailed Jane Jensen, uh, who, who did Gabriel Knight, and uh, Neil Grandstaff, and Dan, Dan Keeler, and a bunch of people who worked on uh, Space Quest games. Every, everyone from arts artists to musicians to, you know, the two guys themselves. And, and uh, to my surprise, they they actually responded. You know, back in those days, that wasn't that weird. Uh, nowadays, you have Twitter, and you maybe you'll find a like a, a celebrity or a well-known person who'll respond to you, and most of the time they won't. And if you find someone's email address, that's like tantamount to cyber stalking. But it wasn't like that in the uh, in the mid '90s. Um, and so I actually got to be really good friends with Scott Murphy who was one of the two guys from Andromeda, we seem to share a similar, let's say, cynical, uh, sarcastic outlook on, you know, life in general. And, uh, you know, his he, he was the primary writer for the Space Quest games, so his sense of humor very much informed my, um, you know, growing up, uh, my sense of humor. I was pretty much like Space Quest, Red Dwarf, Futurama, off we go. That's that's like my frame of reference for humor. Um, so he was very much instrumental, very in my in like my formative years. So and we've been good friends ever ever since, really. And um, through that process, I also got to know Ken Allen, who did the uh, music. And Space Quest Four is one of the best game soundtracks of all time, in my opinion. And I had the great fortune of telling him in person as he was going to crash on my couch drunk on whiskey at one point, which was one of the most surreal and happy moments of my life. <laughs> uh, so uh, so he was cool with me doing uh, the uh, Space Quest 4 soundtrack and actually was really helpful in, in, you know, promoting it, I guess is the word, but just, you know, you know like giving it his thumbs up, giving it sort of a, an official seal of approval. I mean, he doesn't own the music uh, that, you know, it still belongs to Activision, so he doesn't have any, like, music rights for it, but he did compose the majority of that soundtrack, and for him to give it a thumbs up was like, okay, that has some weight to it. It's not just some dingbat who might be in this to sort of make money off of it or cheapen it or, like, do some, like, weird take-the-money-and-run kind of scheme or something. It It has some weight to it. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I'm good at what I do or that I did it any sort of justice or anything, but uh, at least I had someone in my corner who could speak to me not being a fraud, at least. <laughs> so I, I, I know from watching the launch video for Space Quest V, the next mutation um mm -hmm. like looking at like watching that video i know that you're a little nervous because y it's a double lp and it's a little <laughs> yes. bit more and that you've set like the the bar a little bit higher in terms of like the number of people who need to uh who, who need to to back it in order for it to get pressed um like did you did, did you have to like think on it for a little bit before you were comfortable like okay I'm I'm going to like you know like 
hit the button <laughs> on this? Um, I was, well, yeah, a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, since the uh, Space Quest 4 thing did well, uh, <laughs> despite, <laughs> despite some really embarrassing fuck-ups on the uh, LP itself, I'll tell you about those later, um, <laughs> it did very well. People seem to like it. Um, and Space Quest 3 got crowdfunded in less than 48 hours, which was like super, my god. Uh, so I, um, I was really worried that the increased price would mean that it uh, would have trouble reaching double the amount of people who would have to order it, and that I would somehow have to squeeze it down to a single vinyl, like I did with Space Quest 4. Um, but luckily, and again, I have to mention my compatriots over on my Discord. Uh, these are really some fantastic bunch of people. Actually, I do owe them a lot of credit for also getting these things off the ground, but I'll tell you about that later. Um, they I, I was sort of batting ideas back and forth uh, to them, and at least, I mean, I could, th th these people could very easily be classified as hardcore nerds, hardcore Space Quest nerds, and, and like the prime demographic for this sort of thing and their feeling was that a complete soundtrack of space quest 5 would have a better chance of getting funded than an abridged soundtrack because space quest 5 is just such a long ass game and there is a lot of music in it uh, so if I had to throw out bits of music, I already sort of got a bit in trouble for doing that with the Space Quest 4 vinyl, uh, which is why there was an, uh, a 7-inch EP, which I very foolishly tried to crowdfund at the same time as the main soundtrack LP. That was a big mistake, but luckily it, you know, fingers crossed it happened anyway. Um, but yeah, a lot of music just got thrown out of the Space Quest 4 vinyl because I wasn't sure that was going to make it at all, so I kept it on a single vinyl and shit. Um, but since 4 and 3 have done very well, I feel, okay, maybe we can do uh, a double vinyl for uh, for 5. So, a little bit of trepidation, but the uh, my, my community over at the, at the Discord assured me that this was the better way to go, rather than, you know, cheapen out and abridge it like I had done with SQ4. So, you, hmm. th th this is going to hit, <laughs> this is going to be a thing, you're going to... It, it it will start uh, just a few days after we have this chat, uh, and yeah. when this episode drops, we'll be dead smack in the middle of it. Um, mm. So uh, I assume that like to do this, you already are working like on other projects. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have actually a funny story. There was a, a moment of panic a couple of days, a few days ago, actually, because I received an email. I woke up to an email from the composer of the music for Space Quest VI. And the subject line was, did you get permission for this intellectual property? Question mark. And I nearly shit the bed. I was like, oh, fuck. Is he... I don't know. Is he going to tattle on me to the rights holders and, and Activision? Is he going to cause a problem here? And uh, it turns out he actually meant really well. Uh, he just wanted to... Uh, he just wanted to make sure that when, when and if 
I say when, but to him it was if I went on to do Space Quest 6 for my next project, was I going to ask his permission to do so? Because it turns out he is actually the rights holders, holder to that music and not Activision, as is the yeah, somehow, because Space Quest 6 was made like in 1995 uh, when Sierra was like on a downward trajectory, uh, like the, the company had already shit the bed at that point. Um, so apparently rights were being sort of distributed a little willy-nilly around the company. So he actually ended up with the rights to the music for that game, as opposed to Space Quests 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, which I'm dead sure are in the hands of... Activision, who are still selling the games on Steam and GOG. Um, and so um, I, I had a chat with uh, with Neil, Neil Grandstaff, is his name, by the way. And uh, I assured him that I was not uh, a get-rich-quick scheme kind of guy, and that I had the utmost respect for his work and the work that came before him, and that these were non-profit vinyls, and uh, any surplus profit would be donated to charity, and they were basically, you know, just one-off crowdfunding, very low number crowdfunding for, um, you know, fans, essentially, like super nerdy fans. Like you said, this is the nerdiest project you'll ever back. It's made for people like that. <laughs> um, and when he was assured of that, he went, okay, well, then obviously you have my permission to do Space Quest Six, Sir, thank you so much for taking time to talk about this. This has been fun. Uh, I hope that this helps uh, when this comes out in the middle of August that it gets uh, the project over its subs- you know backers because I will be one of them uh, and I would like it to go over so that I can get my copy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks to Trolls Playmert for talking with me. His website is spacequesthistorian.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at sqhistorian. You can fund the Curates campaign by going to curates.com, that is Q-R-A-T-E-S, and searching Space Quest. You can find links to purchase all of the music you heard on the show in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at fromInspiredPod, and can be found on Instagram at fromaninspiredby. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
click those follow and subscribe buttons, please. Also, please hit up the website and click on the aid and assistance button to help pay for web hosting and long distance fees. And remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back next week talking with Tim Butler of the Psychedelic Furs about Pretty in Pink and the band's new album, Made of Rain.